welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your soul. Let this podcast be your occasion to discover hope, give thanks, and have faith come alive in you. In the heart of everyone is God. At the center lies the seed of Christ. May the seed take root. May it blossom and grow. And may the flower grow beyond all measure. In the garden of my soul. Withered I return to the earth 
Pastor Katie Warren, and today we'll spend some time thinking together about what it means to hit the reset button, so to speak, when it comes to our lives of faith. From time to time, all of us need something that will wake us up a bit, that helps us refocus our priorities and place Christ at the center of our lives. It's when we're able to do that, that we're able to move beyond all the things that keep us from living as people of faith and begin to find healing and renewal. So in these few verses of our gospel reading today, we hear of one such example of this. So a reading from the gospel of Mark, chapter 6, beginning with verse 30. The disciples gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and a crowd hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw this great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, People at once recognized him and rushed about the whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they would touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. So let's uh, turn to a few thoughts now that I'll share about this scripture passage. Every Thursday at noon, you can find Kasanya Holly leaving her office in downtown Chicago, and she walks a few blocks down the street to a nearby subway shop and buys as many sandwiches as she can afford that day. And then she heads out of the shop and starts offering them to homeless or hungry people she happens to see around Chicago's South Loop. For many years, no matter the weather, or how busy her schedule may be, she uses that lunch hour once a week simply to feed hungry people. It all started actually years ago when she noticed her mood would shift during long, busy days at work. She was frustrated with coworkers, or she found herself quickly angry or with little patience. She was working these long days and would regularly just power through her lunch hour and grab a bite to eat here and there as she kept on working. Until one day, Kasanya decided she needed something to change. 
she had remembered this devotion that she had just read uh, the other day that quoted the New Testament letter of Romans chapter 12, where Paul instructs the people to practice hospitality, to um, care for people, God's people in need. And so that day, out of the blue, she started this weekly ritual of handing out sandwiches. What she found, of course, is not only that hungry people get fed, but she was renewed as well. She physically moved herself away from the office that could be this source of kind of stress and exhaustion. And for just one hour, she got to see smiles on other people's faces. She was more kind and patient with her colleagues when she got back to work. She was happier with the work that she was doing. You might say that Cassania found herself in a little bit of a rut. And she wasn't exactly content with what was consuming her time or her energies and her mind. And so she decided she needed to step back a little bit, reset, so to speak. Maybe that one hour a week could be a way of kind of helping her see everything else in a different light. She is, of course, not the first or the last person to realize that something has to change in her life. Another example actually shows up in this kind of nondescript section of Mark's gospel that we just heard this morning. Where honestly, at first glance, not a whole lot is happening in this handful of verses. Jesus and his disciples have been busy, they're tired, so Jesus suggests that they get in a boat and they sail off and just take some time to get away and to rest. But then Mark mentions this crowd of people who see Jesus and his disciples and they see them take off and so they are so desperate for healing, for restoration, for their lives simply to be different than they are now. They decide to go on foot all the way around on the shore so they can meet the boat when it arrives on the other side. They are like sheep without a shepherd, the gospel tells us. People who are aimless or distraught or hurting in any number of ways. It's almost as if they know something in their life needs to change and they are convinced that Jesus has something to do with it. So they decide that the best way to go about it is to physically move from their current situation and get themselves as close to God as possible. Then maybe their present circumstances could begin to change. Now, Scripture doesn't really tell us much about their various situations, any specifics, but we do know just from context that these people were living in difficult times. Their future was uncertain. The Romans had taken over their land, so poverty and hunger or illness were always possibilities. We can guess that they were tired from it all. But rather than sit ruminating in their current realities, they chose to shift their focus toward Jesus. They literally chased down his boat so that they could bring the abundance of their cares, their worries, to him, finding a way to get to him as quickly as possible to receive that compassion, that care, the change that they needed in their own life. To be sure, there is nothing in the gospel that tells us that just because they came face to face with Jesus, that their lives became instantly perfect. There's nothing that says every source of worry or pain suddenly disappeared. 
But what it does say is that they found healing. That when they took this time to bring their worries and their joys and everything in between to God, to quite literally move themselves so that Christ became their central focus right in front of them. They found enough peace to help them kind of recalibrate their lives just enough. They were healed of whatever it was that up until that point had taken up too much space in their heart or in their head. Like Kasanya walking in the streets of Chicago or the crowd that's standing on the shore waiting for Jesus to come ashore. I think every one of us is probably in need of a kind of reset at some point or another, more often than we might admit. We could stand to follow this lead of these people who are following Jesus' boat around the shore with some mixture of desperation or determination to discover the ways of God's grace, God's love and compassion, and how that might shift our own perspectives just enough reminding us that we have this God who is bigger than any problem or greater than any fear that might be occupying time in our own minds. It reminds me a little bit of this ad campaign for Snickers Candy Bar a few years ago. Maybe you remember it. The slogan or the saying was, you aren't you when you're hungry. As if to say, of course, when hunger takes over, we are, we are hangry, we're cranky, we're unable to focus on anything else. So then implying that if you eat the candy bar, uh, you won't only satisfy your hunger, but when you're not starving, then you can spend less time thinking about what you want to eat and more time just being yourself, right? So in the context of that, thinking that in the back of my head, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's recently diagnosed with cancer, waiting for test results to come back to determine kind of the next steps. And as we talked, he said something to me along the lines of, I know I can't do anything to control whatever the test results may say, but I can control how I respond to that news. So I've been trying to spend a lot more time in prayer these days, trying to make sure that faith is what guides me instead of my worry. So for him, we could say that you aren't you when you worry. You aren't you when you're afraid. At my house recently, with a four-month-old now at home, and we're just starting to get the hang of sleeping a little bit, I might change the saying to, you aren't you when you're exhausted, right? I can feel when I am delirious from sleep deprivation because I am short with my family, I am easily irritated, I'm less kind or forgiving, I am not the person I want to be. And it's about that time when I know I have to step back, right? Hopefully get a little bit of rest, find some quiet. And then ideally I return to being more a person of compassion, of grace, of kindness that God has created me to be. And we could say the same sorts of things about our lives of faith. We aren't really ourselves, who God made us to be when we let worry or fear or anger or exhaustion or resentment or you name it, when we let those things take over. 
It isn't until we're able to let go of it to find a way to change our perspective or reset our lives just a bit that we experience what scripture would describe as true healing. To be closer to the version of ourselves that God has made us to be. We can learn a thing or two from this simple little story tucked into Mark's gospel. That when we've come to the point where we know something has to change, where we're too consumed with things that distract us from being people of faith, our task in that moment is to get ourselves as close to God as, as possible. To run or roll or walk or crawl around a lakeshore or down the street or into a sanctuary, whatever the case may be. So that when we pray or when we worship, we sit in silence and relax into God's presence. When we commit ourselves to serving others, we step out of that silo that is our own lives so that we can encourage or support others. All of those things are acts of faith. They get us closer to God to help us figure out how we can hand over those burdens, those distractions, and let God recalibrate, reprioritize our lives just enough. So may we take whatever steps we may need this week to get ourselves closer to God, to be willing to reset our lives from whatever might be distracting us from faith. And in the process, hopefully, we'll also find that great healing that God has promised. Amen.
This is our time now to pray as the people of God, remembering the words that Christ first taught us. So join with me, if you will, as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In the coming days, may you find your own ways to hit the reset button, to refocus your life with Christ at the center. And in so doing, may you be blessed with God's abundant love and healing. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the many far-reaching ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.